Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of the Almost Daily Show with your host, Chandler, and the Dave Picardi. We are the dynamic duo who always brings you the most exciting and actionable show in the history of the world. It's probably the best thing since individually wrapped cheese slices. So I hope you're excited for today's episode because we got a special guest. He's going to talk to us about hard hitting topics relating to the independent contractor versus employee issue we always see in our businesses. It's Mike Jezoshek. He's a CPA and he's with Jetro Associates. Let's have you introduce yourself, Mike. And I didn't butcher his name, so that's exciting. No, that was perfect. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, exciting, exciting episode. This is one of my favorite topics. Good. Not too many people can say they enjoy talking about accounting and taxes. So that's good to hear. <laughs> so I know fun. I'm a little odd like that. <laughs> so fun. Yeah, so tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what you do. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I come from kind of the online marketing space, started a firm about five years ago. Uh, and when we first started the firm, we were just, our main goal was to keep it cloud-based. And my cloud-based basically just means that uh, our employees, we are located all across the country as well as our uh, clients. So that's that's our goal. Our cloud-based is to take and utilize cloud-based technology to provide a better service to to our clients. So we kind of take the basis of a traditional accounting firm and move it to more modern where we're able to better serve our clients uh, in an easier and more simple method. Uh, so we've been open for about five years now and within the past two years we started to transition specifically to the fitness industry. So most of our focus on growth and, and uh, scaling has been fitness studios, boutique fitness studios and gyms and that's really been kind of where our focus has been with, with our firm now. Excellent. Perfect. I love it. So how, how did you, if you started out with more of the marketing side, mm -hmm. how did you end up, I mean, do you do that at all anymore or do you stop doing that for accounting? Yeah. So we were kind of in a unique industry on the, on the accounting or on our fit on the uh, mar online marketing side. Uh, we were in the affiliate marketing industry. And when we first started out the firm, what we realized the reason we started the firm was because we saw that there was a need for accountants that really understood kind of that unique industry in the online marketing space. So that's when we first started out. When we started, then started to grow our firm, we, for some odd reason, started to gain a lot of clients in the fitness industry. And we just really enjoyed working with their clients and seeing the passion that they had for kind of their clients and said, you know, you know what, why don't we try to focus our entire firm and growth on the fitness space? So, Excellent. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You kind of yeah, figured out where, where you guys wanted to be and and where your game was going to head, and then you you tackled it head on. And we see that yeah. a lot is is niching down into a, a what you're really good at and focusing on just that um, kind of you know gives you that springboard to be successful and actually deliver that thing to your clients so that it, you know it makes a difference in their business. Yeah, and that was the that was the hardest part is that we were being a cloud based firm. We service clients all across the country, uh, but it's impossible to market to every small business in the country. So, uh, you know, we need to niche down. It helps us provide a better service to our clients instead of just being a generalized accounting firm. Uh, it allows us to really kind of niche down and provide a specialized service for clients, and we know have a better idea of what their pain points are instead of trying to find pain points of forty different industries. 
Yeah, that's huge. And you find that if you try to service everybody, you essentially service nobody. But if you figure out that that specified niche that you can pursue and hit, that's when you're going to be really good. And that's when you can eventually spread out. But you always have to start somewhere where you're highly niche. So that way you can build and grow and build something sustainable in that environment. Then you can branch out if you need to. Yeah. And we tried kind of the opposite approach and it just, it led to our growth being strictly referral type based and didn't allow us to more manage our growth. So yeah, which makes sense. Very cool. So let's get into it. Talk to us a little bit. So we're going to go over employees versus independent contractors today. So let's talk about a little bit about what like the pros are for an independent contractor inside your business, especially with all the gyms we have watching. Well, and and I think um, as we talk about this, it's important that in the gym business, in the gym kind of realm, uh, it's a huge confusing point because uh, hopefully this sets it up right for you. Uh, I just know like it is one of my favorite topics because uh, it, it kind of is the foundation of your entire business. Like how the employees that are interacting with your business, how do you compensate them? If you, uh, I know it's appealing for a business owner to compensate them as an independent contractor, uh, but like a, my accountant said to me once and also one of my business mentors, uh, what you're trying to do there is pass on your corporate and business responsibility to your employees. That's why it's so appealing because it saves you money, uh, you know, versus being an employee and taking on all the responsibility. So I think it it's a huge, confusing topic. And um, I think this is probably one of the best uh, webinars to ever hit the gym business right here because yeah. we're going to straighten it out. Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, what, what the hardest part about is the IRS causes so much confusion. So when the IRS says, you know, what is considered or what is considered an employee versus an independent contractor, they essentially say an employee, and I'm just going to read directly from their site, uh, it, that's you why. consider them an employee if you can control what will be done and how it will be done. So again, it's control what will be done and how it will be done. So the that doesn't really tell us a whole lot. The IRS is just saying, basically yeah. it comes down to a control. So what we typically do with our clients is say, let's, let's answer some questions or let's present some questions that represent control that we think uh, would define what control is and then determine based on the answers to those questions, if we should classify as an independent contractor or employee. And kind of, as you mentioned, uh, for money reasons, independent contractor is going to be the most desired option for a business it's owner. Appealing, it's appealing to the owner. Right. Because you don't have to pay the employee or employer portion of tax, payroll taxes, essentially. Yeah. Which, which yeah. Tends no, to be we're in Massachusetts. So 10% in Massachusetts and then workman's comp on top of that in Mass. And so it's a big chunk yeah, so, of, of revenue. And sometimes yeah, so as a, an owner, it's it's tough because then you have to take on those costs and you have to decide, can I afford to not only pay the employee, but double what I'm paying them in terms of everything else. Yeah. And sometimes even the worker will prefer to be classified as an independent contractor for the purpose of if they're working for multiple studios or multiple gyms, it allows them to take expenses and take that income and have expenses, expenses offset it. So sometimes it's, it's kind of a win-win for both, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a, an independent contractor, you know? So some kind of questions that we would say, does is that control present? Is we would say, you know, you know one, one main question is who designs the workout program? So if you're a trainer that's coming in, do you come in with your own workout program or is the studio saying, 
here's the workout program that you're going to be using to then train, train essentially the, the client. Like, so I, I deliver, I, I come in, I'm hired to teach a class for $20 an hour and that's all I do. But that class is not my class. That's the business's class. And so I didn't design anything. I didn't get the clients. I didn't organize the structure of everything. I just showed up to do my job. What would that be classified as? Typically, you know, that's that's telling me employee right. all the way. You know, and, and other things that do, you know, does the, are you using the equipment? Are you bringing your own equipment in or are you using the studio's equipment? If you're using the studio's equipment, that's kind of tending towards the employee side. Right. Um, you know, some other ones is, do you set your own rate or does the studio set your rate? So if you're a personal trainer, do you set your rate of say $80 uh, per hour, and then you give the studio a cut, or does the studio say all of our personal training is sixty bucks an hour, uh, no matter which trainer you work with? Those are some kind of questions that more geared towards control, um, you know, about about who who has control of it. Yeah, that makes sense. It's do you tell them what to do, and do you organize the way they're going to do it, or do they come in with all the tools and provide the service that you need them to provide in their own way? And, and when you look at it both of those ways, it's okay, now I have an employee or now I have a contractor. I think a lot of gyms really get in a gray area, though. They think that they can come in and just hire the contractor and, and nothing's ever going to go wrong. Do you ever see problems arise several years down the road or problems arise during audits and anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of times what's causing that uh, problem to arise is you have a disgruntled trainer that is no longer working for you. So let's say, you know, I work for a gym for six months, decide to cut, cut loose, go somewhere else. They send me a 1099 at the end of the year. It says, hey, we didn't take any taxes out for you. That's kind of your responsibility now. That trainer that's no longer at that gym might be confused on how that might have worked and, and assumed that taxes were being paid on, on their behalf. And now they come back. They can report them to, say, the state or IRS or whatever it might be. And then the state or IRS are looking into it. And that's where a good portion of the audits come in is, is through disgruntled employees or in disgruntled workers that are coming back and saying, Hey, I, I, everything I did screamed employee, but they paid me as an independent contractor. Now I'm stuck right. holding the bag. Right. Cause that's a way for them to get out, uh, get a reduced tax rate or uh, not pay it is get it put back on the employer saying they didn't pay my taxes. They were supposed yeah. to. And once you have, you know, one, one, case open up like that, then the IRS or state, you know, you're kind of competing with both of those taxing agencies, um, to, depending who's going to find out first. But once you find out one, they often talk to the other and they're going to dig into every, every work you have. So That's if right. you have 10 trainers over eight years, they might look back at you and go back the full eight years and say, okay, you know, you did have some independent contractors in there, but let's say 75% of them should have been classified as employees. Now you're stuck with paying back taxes, interest, penalties, fines, which and is a lot again, just on the state and, and it and can be on the federal level. So it right. can add up. Um, I will say that, you know, when we have these conversations with clients, we say, don't be scared to, to pay someone as an independent contractor. Cause we say usually, yes, most of the questions kind of gear towards an employee, but if you can answer these questions that make it seem or make it, um, appear that they're more of an independent contractor don't be afraid to do that uh, but just be able to back it up and and know that you're not just going to fly under the radar uh, eventually it will probably come up at some point now yeah, that makes back, sense 
Do you back it up with contracts? You can, but the IRS is going to say, so, you know, and we kind of make that point. A lot of times the problem is, is the worker will come in and say, I want to be an independent contractor. And so as the employer, you're saying, hey, great, let's set you up as an independent contractor. Let's have a contract in place. It helps, but it's not the determining factor. Um, and, you know, it's kind of a pitfall that we see clients come into is that the employ, employ, uh, worker requests it. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are an independent contractor. So you still have to kind of look through those questions, work with your accountant and say, you know, what should we use as those determining factors for control? You know, we just say pick five questions. If you answer yes to the majority of them, classify as an employee. If you answer no to the majority of them, classify as an independent contractor. Um, and not necessarily base it off of what the actual worker requests or wants out of it. Yeah. So say you have someone who essentially hires a, a contractor on board and they come to you to kind of decide whether or not this person should be a contractor or an employee. Uh, do you walk them through these questions or do you have a whole process to kind of figure this out for them and to identify specifically where they should align? Because we see a lot of, a lot of gyms who, have a have someone come in and and they talk and they're like oh well the workouts on the board it's already done but then we have other gyms who the coaches pool together and create the workouts themselves and then we have other facilities where the coaches like pool together and make their own hours based off of who can do schedules and stuff like that so how would you work in those kind of situations yeah so basically we would just talk to the client and say you know learn about their situation usually by just talking to a client having them explain their relationship with the worker it's usually comes out fairly obvious or it leans one way or the other. And then from there, yeah, we would ask specific questions. And, you know, some of the main ones are, are, are kind of, as you mentioned there, you know, who establishes the workout? Um, who does the client pay? Uh, who's setting the class times? Those are all main questions that we can pick out. And if, if majority of them lean towards independent contractor, we say, go ahead, pay as independent contractor because we have this, we have documentation here that proves um, the control tests that we took and why why we think it should be this way. Um, also do a contract. It, the contract would never hurt if you do go down the independent contractor route, have a contract in place uh, that supports that. But if most of these questions that you're asking to lead towards, um, yeah, it's pretty much the studio that's controlling a lot of the answers to these questions, we say then it's not worth the risk that you can, that, you know, taking that chance that you're either going to fly under the radar or taking that chance that, yeah, you think that you might be right. Uh, the IRS also does have a form that you can fill out, explain the relationship with the worker, and they'll come back and tell you if it's an independent contractor or employee. Um, I don't always advise a client to do something like that because you're just kind of opening up the situation into, into your, your business. But, uh, you know, if, if you're really like, wow, we're, we're right down the line and we could think it could go either way. That's not, that's an option. So one of the things that in, in my business that we've done, I guess, forever is, you know, an independent contractor is somebody that is delivering their own product in a, in a gym. So uh, if it's a personal trainer, it's they have nothing to do with my program, my anything. It, 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 the contracts we always do with them is it's more like a space rental agreement mm -hmm. as an independent contractor, right? So they can, you know, they, they collect their own money, they do their own things, uh, they pay the house, they pay the business, whatever the arrangement is. It could be um, a percentage or it could be a flat fee. 
but that that would be we don't do it with personal trainers, but like you know maybe it was a weightlifting club or the acupuncturist, or the massage therapist. Like we don't. A, a big thing for us is they have a key to the place. They do whatever they want. That's the arrangement. Independent contractor. Yeah. So if somebody shows up. They have to deliver my product, my service, my classes. You know, like follow my schedule. Employee. Yeah, exactly. And I think that a lot of times, um, you know, it's it's not that you have to answer your your question. Your answer to the questions don't have to be one hundred percent one way or the other. So you could have a situation that you just described there, where they come in, they do their own thing, they set their own time, they bring their own clients, they use their own equipment, but then you just set, let's say, the price, or or you right. collect the funds and then you just pay out the contractor. That's something that I would say, yeah, let's still classify as an independent contractor, even though one of the questions you might have answered employee. Um, but yeah, so, so that's a great example is that uh, if it's a lot of times, if it's something that you're, you not you don't focus on, you're just bringing them in for extra help or something of that sort. Um, typically that's going to be an independent contractor. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think a lot of gyms kind of just jump into whatever everybody else is doing, but they don't, con- I think the biggest thing someone should do is talk to a, a professional who's a CPA yes. or one of you guys and, <laughs> and really talk through what they're specifically doing in their situation rather than just copying everybody so they can understand what they're doing, the implications behind what they're doing and understand that it's not just black and white. It's not employee or contractor. It's while you're doing a combination and we need a professional recommendation on which way you should go. Yeah. I I think that's, you know, when when it comes to gyms, any business, typically uh, whenever they decide independent contractor or employee say, well, you know, the guy down the street told me to do it this way, or I'm following my buddy who does it this way. And, you know, the biggest thing we say is they might not answer those questions the same way that you are. Um, so it's not necessarily something that's going to be a, a, a line that's the same across an entire industry. Uh, it can change from studio to studio. It can change even if you have a, two studio locations. It can change from location to location, depending on the type of relationship that you have with your workers. So, yeah, I think that's a great, great thing is that don't necessarily trust or, or talk to um, your friend and, and assume, okay, they're doing it right, so we're good. They might not have just been caught yet, or they might answer the questions differently than you. So that's, you know, that's a, a key thing to think about. So I think this brings up a, a, a good point about cost of doing business, right? Which is, I always like to explain away, like everybody always tries to not pay the cost of doing business as much as possible in their business. So you see it as an accountant where it's like, well, I don't want to pay that. You might be like, well, you have to pay it because it's just part of business. So I think one of the main things that happens in small business, which turns out to be most of the gym industry is because there's a cost. Like if I have a question about legal stuff, I have to pay a lawyer to get the answer. And if I have a, a question about accounting, it costs money to get the question answered correctly as it pertains to my business. And a lot of the time, small business owners, uh, one, they usually can't afford it. They don't allot the money to it. So it's a lot of money to pay someone to give them the correct answer for their business. So they ask everybody. So now they're on forums or asking friends. So, so somebody else has paid for information that then everybody else is running around trying to get for free and then just apply it to their business. And I think that's a, I think this might even set up kind of your service a little bit where you have a service where they pay a monthly fee and they get the, the consulting side of it as well. Uh, where normally like I'm paying $150 an hour to get the right answers. Yeah. And I think, you know, even if you go back to that, it's, it's 
what they what what a typical client or small business owner needs to understand it's also the cost of not paying to get that advice up front is going to be much more expensive down the road. And I'll give you the example of just if you get if you think or you go to the idea that independent contractor is um, oh your workers should be independent contractors. You do that for eight years uh, based off an advice you got off of a forum post. Um, and now eight years later, they come back and say, no, actually, it's all employees. Well, now you're going back and paying all those interest and penalties of, of, of that error that you made when you could have just spent you know, a little bit of money up front, get, making sure it was right and preparing yourself you know, down the road. There, there's been uh, scenarios where businesses go out of business for, because Whoa. of an error like that they make, you know, depending on how, how long it's been, how much money has been paid that way. Um, you know, so, yeah. Well, a math thing on that is eight years. If even if you weren't a big business, if you had a hundred thousand dollars a year in payroll, you know you, the business cost on that's at least you know depending on where you're at, but ten grand. So ten times eight, eighty grand plus penalties. You know these people are in at they could be paying one hundred and fifty plus thousand. Yeah, yeah. small businesses don't have it. Those are the kinds of things that just crush the business and then they fall apart. Right. And it could, right. it's always solvable by talking to like putting a couple hundred dollars in to talk to a professional, talk to a CPA or, or talk to someone like you guys. And how do you guys work into talking with businesses and how do you, what is your packaging and your systems look like? Yeah. So we, we charge uh, basically flat monthly fees for all of our services. So you kind of pick what level of service you want, whether it's bookkeeping taxes, payroll, or just a portion of that. Um, and then as part of our service, we provide obviously the core service, so tax returns, tax planning, bookkeeping, regular reconciliation, payroll, handling the taxes, the tax filing for that. Um, but then again, we're there as a, as a sounding board. So you have questions, you have issues that arise, you need to add an employee, you need, you know, whatever your question might be, we come in and because we're just a flat monthly fee, that's all worked in there. So I, I think that you'll see that it's a lot easier to be able to confront your tax accountant or, or your accountant at any point because you're not paying an hourly fee. Um, I'm the same way with our lawyer. Anytime I, I have a law question, uh, it, it takes a little bit for me to get pick up the phone and call him because I know as soon as that phone answers, it's $250 an hour. Um, That's right. Yeah. But if I could get a monthly, <laughs> a monthly fee with him, let's say X amount of dollars per month, I can call him unlimited amount of times. <laughs> um, that's a little different. And, and not saying that, you know, we could have a client call us unlimited amount of times per month, but we've never had an issue like that. Um, so right. we've never had a client that says, hey, we need to, you, you've been contacting us too much. We've never really had an issue like that. So they just feel I, more comfortable reaching out. I can't tell you how, uh, how important what you do is for your clients, because it, it's, it's something that, like, I don't do anything without talking to my accountant and my lawyer. It's, it's like on everything. And it's, uh, it can get expensive. I've actually figured out ways to have it not be as expensive. But over the years, the amount of money we spent, because I'm like an idea guy, and I'm always like trying to do different things. And so I, I ask my attorney first, and then the accountant second. You know, so I'll pay up front all the time, just so that I don't go too far with my idea, and then run into trouble with it. Yeah, I realize it ain't going to work or something like that. And I, I think that's well, too. An, another thing is, is that when it comes to tax and legal issues, everyone is, is so scared about doing it right because it, it's so complex. Um, so right. having that sounding board says, Hey, you know, they said, this is how to do it. 
that's how we're going to do it and we're confident that we know it's correct that's why we 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 provide we lean back on lawyers for you know tax saving strategies things like that we'll lean on them and say hey you know can you what what what's your point of view on this we then can take that and we'll be confident because we have an expert opinion on it we feel confident we don't have to stress about that as an owner uh, small business owners we don't have to stress about are my taxes being done correctly am i doing it right am my bookkeeping done right that's all just taken care of from someone that you know i can trust doing that yeah that's huge and, and especially in gyms you think about the way they operate their clients come in to work with a professional and they pay hundreds of dollars in the micro gym world to to work with that professional because the clients don't know what they're doing by themselves but then the gym owners themselves they they get in the same mindset they they say oh i'll just i'll just ask on this giant forum and i'll get 100 opinions that don't have anything to do with accounting or law versus because they have that fear and that pain point that if they call the lawyer or the accountants it's going to cost them hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of the year just to have a couple of conversations and so i think if we can get the, the, these business owners in the mindset that you need to consult with professionals just like your clients do, then you're going to be in a better position for your business long run. And a lot of these costs of doing business are your accounting, your accounting options, your your law, law options, your insurance, all of these things that people do, even down to like what everyone complains about with music licensing. It's, these are all your costs of associated with doing your business with professionals, just like your clients are paying you as a professional. It's, it's, um, now, this is my pet peeve. Like, I, like, I learned a long time ago, and and people always ask me, like, how'd you, you know, how'd you learn about business? And it's really simple: is other people have really good degrees, and if you're not interacting with them, accountant, lawyer, all day long, <laughs> like, yeah, on and, speed dial. And that's and that's just the thing that there, you know, as as an accountant, as a small business owner myself, there are things that I know I'm really good at, and there's things that I know that I'm awful at. And those things that I'm awful at, the first thing I do is get it off of my plate, make sure that I'm not handling it. Because I know that if my business is depending on me to do something that I'm not good at, um, that business is not going to do well. There's going to be a bump in the road at some point. Um, so, you know, when it comes down to it, yeah, a lot of it's cost related. Does it make sense for a business at this time? Um, but, you know, at some point you have to kind of make that decision. As far as, you know, on our pricing side, we we Kate, we price based on an annual gross revenue, and and where we find that that's helpful for clients is that we can bring in a client at at, at a beginning stage before they even open to their gym. We can assist them because we have pricing that's available for them. And I think that a lot of times, um, law firms sometimes, if you're working with someone that's used to being with startups, sometimes you can find scenarios like that too, where people are willing to help you out in the beginning, knowing that as your business grows, they're going to grow with you and they're going to need you even more. Yeah, that's huge. Just playing the long game. You know that huh. you can start with them now when they're growing. And then when they get big, your revenue grows as, as long as their revenue grows. So it gives you that incentive to keep working with them, to keep building with them. And that's huge in startup land. Like start yeah. low because you know they're not making enough now, but they're going to grow. And then they're going to depend on you more and use you more. And then you get to grow in that relationship with them in terms of the revenue you make from it. Yeah. And every, I mean, every successful business you've had, had to start somewhere. They started at zero at some point. Um, so when we the faster when we, they get the help, the better they do. Yeah, exactly. And, and when we have a client that's starting at low at a you know, just starting out, our fees, you know, we're not making much money off of them. Uh, but it's the, it's just the fact. Again, the Chandler was saying we're going for that long term growth. We say, okay, if we can get in at the beginning, we're going to be able to help them out. We're not might be not making any money to begin with. We're going to be able to help them out so that when they do grow, when they do open that next location and then the next location and then franchise, whatever it might be, 
we're, we've been with them from the beginning and we can really kind of help them with that growth. And that's where we're going to grow to working with them. Mike, that's amazing. So if anybody's listening, we usually get like one to two listeners total. So <laughs> if anybody out there is listening uh, and you're, you're a smaller business and, you, and you're like, oh, that'd be great if I could have a service like that. And, and, you know, to help me understand even the simple stuff, employee versus contractor, right? How to do the books, accounting, uh, and you feel you can't afford it. Uh, Mike just gave you a reason to call him because he has something that can help you. And then as you grow, he grows. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So it's been a good episode. If, it, if people want to get in contact with you, which obviously they should, because if it's on a sliding revenue scale, you can definitely afford it and you can grow and they're going to help you and you can get all the expert advice rather than asking on the affiliate owners forum what you should do. You can get advice from a real life living and breathing professional. And so if they want that advice, how can they get a hold of you, Mike? Yeah, so they can either uh, jump on our website, which is jetrotax.com. We also have a website that's specific for fitness business owners. So if you're on the fitness side, it's jetrofitness.com. Um, and obviously, you know, anyone can hit me up on Facebook, wherever it might be. And, and I'm more than willing to answer questions, kind of help, help any kind of client along and see if we can guide them at all. Good stuff. Perfect. Maybe we'll add you into our Facebook forum, too. So if people have questions in there, we can generate some conversation. Yeah, definitely. I like it. So if you guys have your accounting or tax questions, get a hold of Mike. We'll put the all the information in the show notes as well and on the podcast. So when you guys listening to listen to this, you can get in contact with him as well. Our biggest listener base is our podcast. And hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. We wanted to really dive deep into the employee versus independent contractor conversation and give the, the, the reasons why or why not you should do it, uh, what the gray areas look like, and the implications behind the decisions you make. And that's all she wrote, Dave. That is all she wrote. This has been oh. a great episode. Yeah. Had a lot of fun. I'm glad we did it. Yeah. Thanks again, Mike. Yeah. It's been exciting. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Of course. We'll have looking forward to. Yeah, we'll have you on again probably every two, three months. We'll take a dip, different topic and crush it. Yeah. yeah if you guys yeah, if you guys have accounting-related questions, ask us, and we'll bring Mike back on to answer them. Cool. All right. Any last words, Mike? No, I think just thanks for having me on, and you guys have a have a good Thanksgiving. Yeah, you. Yeah, as you well. too. All right. Yeah. See ya.